This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Oh. It's you again. Um I'm here. Are you? Not mentally. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. We're I, I are we together mentally because I'm not feeling it. I don't know what's up. Em was like, Are you having a good day? I was like, I am, thank you. But my attitude doesn't show it. Oh, and neither do your eyebrows. Your eyebrows say <laughs> today's the day to fuck someone up you and know, i don't mean it in a they just look they look like darker than usual so i think that just means they look stronger to me and like sure. not in a not in a i promise not in a bad way no no but they really they i feel like they change your face a little bit and therefore it changes your personality a little bit oh. and you've kind of got like like badass power kind of radiating finally off of you. but i'm also a little threatened by it oh good so Excellent. Yeah, I uh I it was an accident. In a good way. I drew by accident four inches of eyebrow onto myself. And I'm talking vertical. Like I swear it was like <laughs> it was like I had I don't know. Giant, like you fell down the stairs with your eyeliner. With my thing eyeliner, on. yes. Um it really was chaotic and I looked at myself and thought Groucho Marx and then I cleaned off the rest of it. Um no, as they much look as good. I I'm could, just... but it's clearly still showing through. So And like but in like a uh positive intimidating way i appreciate that kind of, no it's a great compliment um kind of as, thrown by as long as your it, no estheticians take a closer look don't zoom in it's not pretty <laughs> i literally just take a dark brown thing and color like my baby well does. remember remember my apparently my zoom settings where i had like eyebrows oh, on so all the time excited so. about that when your eyebrow would go rogue and would just like take <laughs> off your face and i was like something very very strange and unusual is happening in your neck yeah roads. that was not positive intimidation that was just positively <laughs> fucking stupid it had a a mind of its own i remember i'm pretty sure we named the episode a rogue eyebrow which is probably the funniest thing we've ever come up with oh how are you i feel the same way as you i like nothing's really going on i feel like there's probably a i feel like there's probably a lot of small factors adding up to me just kind of feeling meh Mm -hmm. like am i depressed i don't know like that's kind of just the daily question I ask myself. I was gonna say that's the least of my worries. 
yeah no i just i i i feel overwhelmed but don't know by what and i just i yes. think i'm a little on edge and me too i feel on edge i'm like kind of like jumpy not jumpy but like kind of like frenet i don't know my i'm just off kilter you know what i mean that's a that's a very interesting way to put it and yeah. i like it like your yeah. eyebrow kind of like just off she's wall. not off kilter she's off the, the planet page. she's she's off the screen <laughs> she's up um, with xenon in a different yeah. universe <laughs> <laughs> um i treated myself recently i got myself a tie-dye kit um, oh fun and i i was like you know what i think maybe this weekend i'm gonna ha- treat myself to a little tie-dye party Did you make and that? i'm no, no, oh, no! I, I haven't done like, it yet. Holy shit! Look at your shirt; it's incredible. <laughs> I didn't even realize I was that was subliminal <laughs> that I saw my own shirt and talked about tie dye. Um, it matches your I, magician's curtain. Well, just I'll I'll only do it because I know you're feeling in a little bit of a funk. But uh, just so you can make fun of me again, I bought another shirt that represents one of the local <gasps> high schools around here, and I. I I'm collecting them, and I feel like a little creepy about it. But I was Wait, when what? I first. I like this is new bulldogs. This is this is new to me. I didn't know you do this. I was well, not like totally on purpose, but I when we first moved here, I was telling Allison like I really wish I was like part of a community out here, not like I want to be With part of children? the high school out here. <laughs> okay. No, like, like um... but we happen to be at like Walmart. You know, like a lot oh, of yes, local Walmarts, local... like have the shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, I guess like. Now that I live in Burbank, this is the first like Burbank shirt I've seen that I can purchase. So I bought it. And now I just like am weirdly collecting because anytime I see a shirt that says Burbank, I just buy it and I can't stop myself. So are you going to like so, send your future kid to Burbank just so you have like an excuse to have all these shirts? No, I think this is a temporary uh, situation. I it see. will one day probably be goodwilled. But I I just I saw the shirt because it was tie dye. And then, it, of course, then I realized what it said. And I was like, oh, OK, apparently I and then a graduate of burbank high yeah, school you're like an alum you're like an honorary alum <laughs> i don't know what my problem is like there is um we went to cvs recently and they had like sorry cvs if you're listening but their like t-shirt selection is like always really janky yeah and they had a bunch of shirts that just like looked it said just burbank on it and it was in like the worst font ever it was like heat pressed like in a, at an angle it <laughs> was like it. so bad but i was like well it says burbank so i'm gonna buy it and so that seems to be my habit what and now in I'm the just, world <laughs> i'm just Does collecting I can shirts. finally make it as a t-shirt maker because if you bought that at cvs <laughs> i feel like i could sell you anything <laughs> if you make it say burbank apparently i'll just purchase it I'm and in, then i don't I'm even care what it says uh I did see someone wearing a shirt that said like my child is the on the honor roll at like <laughs> like some random school. And I was like, now that's a shirt I haven't collected yet. I was like, that seems a- <laughs> my child is on the honor roll. Yeah, I sure hope not. It's just creating a whole persona for myself, apparently. This but is so I, fascinating. I saw tie-dye, I saw Burbank, I made a purchase, and then I went, Oh my god, it's another fucking high school shirt. Like, what is wrong with me? So anyway. I was trying to give you something to laugh at while you're I mean, it's very entertaining, and I feel like I haven't glimpsed this aspect of your personality yet, so I feel like I'm learning all about you. I don't know what my deal is. Anyway, so I, as soon as I decided I want to be, like, wearing Burbank merch, it just 
every time I find one, it's just worse than the last. Like the the CVS one was the most recent purchase, and that was crazy. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it sounds like it was a poor decision, <laughs> but I really do support it. Um, Thank so you. Yeah. For what it's worth, uh, I always support like a questionable purchase, especially from a CVS. <laughs> so um, that's kind of my. It's thing. my favorite one so far. I feel like now that I know CVS has like really bad shirts, I'm probably going to start throwing away all the high school ones because like why do I have them? I don't know. But like, like I can't stop myself either. Answer and please don't ask that because nobody knows <laughs> there have been the best part though is it's kind of becoming this weird uh like not really like a scavenger hump like i like to like mentally tally every time that while i'm in burbank someone sees my shirt and goes burbank high school and i'm like and i was I gonna say to just, i was gonna say and when, to play along what are you gonna do if somebody approaches now i realize somebody has and you continue to wear and purchase them so i guess and they'll literally they'll i just like i can't exp- i don't know what to say i'm just like well, yeah. no you can't just say okay now you can say oh head to and that's why we drink episode whatever the fuck this is and then they'll finally understand what your problem no, is because even I don't know the context I'm just like I don't know man I like the shirt and I picked it out but yeah it makes uh, no CVS, sense at CVS by the way at CVS <laughs> I was shopping for clothes at the CVS I was uh, just going through like all the racks and, and I found a shirt that looked kind of it's wild like, enough to wear it's like or... the corduroy of shirts it's like it's like crooked it's like missing a button it jumps on the mattresses at night um anyway if you want to make me the wildest burbank shirt possible you I'm can put anything to. on it i, I do you would have wear any it idea? So. like i'm going to do it so hard you're gonna not even understand um how much next time you're having been missing like... this shirt next time you're having a full-on like episode of whatever is going on <laughs> with you um just you could put a bunch of frogs on a shirt and have them spell out Burbank or something. Wait, what and the I'll fuck? Now you're making it complicated. I don't know how to do that. But <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to put anyway, Comic Sans on it, but sure. I guess I'll have frogs writing it out. <laughs> I just felt like whatever random decision you make will only make it better. But um, <laughs> anyway, I'm glad you and your very normal shirt are having a, a better day. Or, Thank you. I don't know. A better uh, wardrobe. It's better wardrobe, certainly. Um, thank you for setting the bar very low for that. Um, I would like to say, oh, I had something to say. Oh, yeah. So for our Patreon, we're now doing this thing called After Hours. And that's why you drink after hours. And it's it's where mm-hmm. we like recap uh, any true crime or paranormal or spooky things that we've come across in recent news that we don't have time for on the podcast. Um, so I just want to give that a little shout out. However, last episode we did go in, on like a half hour personality so quiz journey um, to find out that we're both. Well, I don't want to spoil it because it's it's the only surprise part of this whole bonus. <laughs> but to find out whether we're like chaotic, good, chaotic, neutral, the other ones, I don't remember. Um, but so today, um, I mean, I don't know. I know you had something you had in mind. But today I was thinking we could use um, this app I got called necrophonic yeah and it's basically um like a i paid 9.99 for it so we have to use it somewhere uh it's basically (laughs) a spirit box app that like you that sweeps through the radio and you can use it to communicate so i thought we could do like a little ghosty adventure on our after hours session today like that's not our ghost adventures just our ghosty adventures (laughs) it's different lawyers yeah. <laughs> okay um so i don't know i thought that might be a fun thing i wanted to tell you about yeah. my new app and i thought that was a good excuse to use it so we can uh, okay let's do it yeah later. definitely 
Um, otherwise, I'm drinking a nice liquid death rest in peach tea. And uh, how are you doing? Are you good? Are you f- fucking ready to rock and roll? I'm good. I've got my water. I feel like I'm part of my community because I'm wearing a shirt that says Burbank. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's all you really need in the it's world, really I special. guess. Yeah, it is. A community. <gasps> all like-minded right. minded high schoolers. <laughs> Trust me, tr- if, I, I hate it. Like that's uh, not you ha- don't that hate was it not that much. The- <laughs> I I just wanted a shirt that said Burbank. It was the first one I found at Walmart, and then I found another in CBS. I don't know. I get. It. Listen, I get it. I'm not. I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, I'm razzing you. Yeah, it's working because now I'm like paranoid that it's sending the wrong message entirely. But um, <laughs> no, it's, it's not. not. It's not. I'm just fucking <sighs> with you. I just... like it. I there's a high school near me that is has. I don't know why I'm suddenly getting all weird about because I live in Newport, Kentucky. There's a Newport High School. And I'm like, I haven't checked CVS for, for any clothes, but I could. You might but, find some really good stuff. Yeah. I feel like um, I have a two-year-old at home, so they're going to be like, who in your life goes here? Imagine um, if there was a shirt. You know, it's like my kid is the is on the honor roll, blah, mm. blah, blah. What if you had a shirt that said, my kid is a future my, student? Oh, that's at- cute. <laughs> my toddler is on the honor roll, suckers. I'll put that. What if you got her a shirt of Newport High School and it said future valedictorian? Wait, now that is called manifesting is what that is. I know And also getting is. her Don't probably even... bullied, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the name uh, okay. of college admissions. Okay, your turn. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding, guys. She's two. She probably won't even go to school there, okay? Don't stalk me. Uh, well, I'll, I know. Uh, anyway, we could just go on forever and ever about that. Okay. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners can get 15 percent off their first order at burrow.com slash drink that's burrow b-u-r-r-o-w dot com slash drink for 15 percent off burrow.com slash drink it feels very fitting that juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy we're happy but because we're not mind readers we don't always know when they're unwell and in my experience cats are not the most you know open when it comes to sharing their woes and there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me so helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. 
Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So here I have a story for you. She capital s is a folklore a slavic folklore Ooh. um and i you might have heard her name before her name is baba yaga Ooh, i have but just like last time when you did um la what was it la the owl oh la lechuza lechuza i i've heard of it but i probably don't know much of anything about her i i confuse Confuse Baba Yaga with um the Baba Duke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. They, I do get the same reaction, Baba which Baba. is ah, whenever I hear yeah. both words. Yeah, I know I don't want to mess with either of them. That's correct. for sure. Correct. Yeah, I've never so, seen Baba Duke, but Baba Duke, Baba Duke, the Baba Duke, the Baba Duke. Have you watched it? Uh, I watched it when it first came out, and then never again. And I don't think I could have appreciated it at the time. I think uh-huh. if I watched it now, I would be able to like really get into the camp of it because he's actually a, like a queer icon. That's what I've so, heard. Yeah, I I would like to watch it again and like really analyze the camp of it all. Maybe I'll so. watch it with you because I still haven't seen it. Okay. Well, uh, Baba Yaga. I'm not yeah, gonna totally have, different almost, thing. <laughs> I'm now accidentally going to say Baba Duke like Sorry. every fucking time. So Baba Yaga is from Slavic folklore, specifically, maybe not specifically, but especially in Ukraine, Russia, and Belarus. And she is a powerful, malevolent witch. Um, Baba. I know. Hey. uh, Hi, Barbie. So (laughs) Baba uh, can mean grandmother or old woman, just older maternal figure. Right. Uh, A.K.A. she's known as Grandma Yaga. Sometimes she's called the Grandma Witch. Um, because Baba is also linked to the word sorceress. Okay. So it could be grandmother or it could be witch, essentially. If I'm like ever a grandparent, I hope that that's my name. Like w- yeah. witch slash grandma. Like it's, you know, up, up for interpretation. I feel like it works really well because it's, it's neutral enough or ambiguous enough that you could just be called Baba just and people off, will be yeah. like, and every day can mean something different. Mm-hmm. I feel like depending on the vibe. Yeah. Um, Slavic cultures, like a lot of places, have a concept of like a benevolent sorceress, um, one who does good magic to ward off bad magic. They can protect your livestock, cure sickness, scare away bad witches, etc. Um, and with the name Baba Yaga, a lot of people think that maybe she's a grandmother figure who's also a good witch. Yes. Um, however, throughout time, her story has warped because now she's been definitely more demonized in her stories as like she's the villain a scary creature yeah um so 
she could be a benevolent sorceress turned evil uh, through throughout the years in storytelling. Um, and Yaga, the second half of her name is in different Slavic languages has a lot of different bad connotations. It can mean rage. It can mean ill-tempered. It can mean sickness. It can mean malicious. Um, it could also mean two things that you and I are, which is gossipy or derangement. So <laughs> who's who? Take your pick. <laughs> <laughs> so technically we could be Yaga, I guess. Uh, uh, basically, it ends up translating into the sorceress or the witch of rage, the witch of the malicious, the witch of the deranged, um, the witch of gossips would for sure be me. Wow, that's you. I'm deranged for sure. But you're gossip central. Yeah. So I don't know if we should call each other Baba Yaga, but I am saying we technically fit the definition. I, of... I'm not going to argue with that one. Uh, and like I said, a lot of times it's also just translated into Grandma Witch. Which, um, what we do know about Baba Yaga is that she wasn't just any old witch. She's notoriously wicked. She started her fame uh, in the 1600s and 1700s. In the 1600s, it was in art. In the 1700s, it was in writing. She even shows up a lot earlier than either of those things, at least through like the medieval times, through oral traditions. Mm. Um, but the first like physical record we have of hers in the 1600s. Some say that she has ancient roots as a goddess figure um, that relates to life and death. So she's actually come back up more recently with uh, modern witchcraft. A lot of people have associated her with uh, Hecate from the episode I covered on her. Yeah, And she's often thought of as a hag, which can mean an old woman, but it also can mean a powerful ancient being, which I never knew the second oh, definition. Okay. I always kind of had, got that vibe got the vibe of an ancient demon because <laughs> like when they talk about sleep paralysis they're always like and the hag and she like sits and chokes you to death and i'm like oh well she seems more than just like an old lady then like she seems like a an evil presence so that, See, i thought of kind of makes sense i thought of hag as like a derogatory thing to just call an old woman so like if she was sitting on me choking me oh, yeah sure. i'd call what her a hag, hag you know you know what i mean exactly yeah. but it makes sense that it, that definition of it being a powerful ancient being has always existed, whether or not I knew it, because fairy tale hags are often older women that have some sort of magical power. So um, Baba Yaga is a lot like that. She looks like a hag in that she has she looks like an older woman. She's frail. Uh, she has kind of like a curved back. Some say that her bones show in her body that they're she's very fragile Gaunt. looking. Gaunt. Um, sometimes she's called Baba Yaga the Bony-Legged. Okay, well, no um, wonder she wants to sit on you and choke you. <laughs> in a, uh, in a lot of times she can be described as extremely ugly, so oh, I guess whatever geez. that means in your culture is how she would be described. Uh, most commonly her hair is undone. It apparently looks like she's not wearing, um, any chest support, if you catch oh, my drift. Some saggy boobs. Just... just dangling Let them um, free. and apparently she wears a lot of loose clothing with a, a weird weird description said with no girdle or corset as if like that had to be part of God everyone's forbid the flab is out you know what i mean are you wearing a girdle or a corset christine or are you a hag <laughs> i think we both know the answer to that question and i don't need to said, answer to you said the witch of the deranged um <laughs> 
said the gossip witch because the gossip <laughs> witch always wants to know whether the other witch is wearing a bra. I would be the gossip witch because I'd be like, she's literally so deranged and not even wearing her corset. Look so how like, saggy you know. she looks today without a corset <laughs> on. <laughs> Um, so the by the way, the words that I have used, like hair undone, uh, her breasts are hanging low, loose clothes, not like very saggy. I guess all of that combined would be the word frumpy, which I think I've mentioned on the show before, is my mom's like oh, it's most cursed word. Like, insult. Like the most cutting you, insult. You could call her any word in the book. And if it's not the word frumpy, you haven't called her the worst word. So honestly, um, I kind of get it. My mom always used that as like the most cutting insult also. And if somebody ever called me frumpy, especially if I was, I mean, most of the time I am frumpy, but if someone called me that when I was like trying not to be, oh, I would be wrecked. Like to the, I mean, these days I probably by definition, my mom has had to really change her ways because I look very frumpy very often, but, uh, if my mom ever were to walk up to somebody and call them frumpy, I mean, that's her version of like the C word or something, you know, yeah, like she's, yeah. she wants you to drop dead from the words alone. Um, <laughs> I will. So if she ever finds me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes Baba Yaga, not only is she frumpy, which is my mom's worst nightmare, but she's also known to sometimes only have one tooth that happens to be razor sharp. I can't imagine your, her poor tongue on a daily oh, basis. That's rough. A corner of your mouth. Ooh. Imagine like you'd eat so slow. I mean, you if you only have one razor sharp tooth, when you chew, do you just ram your razor sharp tooth into your other gum? Ew, yeah. So I guess you just can have applesauce. You said it, not me. That stinks. Uh, peep, there's other stories that she has a mouthful of teeth and they're all made of iron. So either she's chewing oh, real fucking hard... <laughs> Or she's not she's chewing at all. only eating sirloin steak overcooked or applesauce. <laughs> it, there's no in between. Her teeth it, are actually a pressing factory. Um, <laughs> so it's said that Baba Yaga gets around. This is where things get a little like, holy what? Um, okay. Because, and like, I'm aware that like all cultures have stories and we're not trying to judge any cultures here. This isn't meant at all to judge or mock the culture. This is just, I had to google it to double check because it just didn't make any fucking sense to okay, me and like can't it, wait <laughs> i if this is truly part of her like fairy tale folklore i fucking love this for her but it makes no sense and you're gonna have to probably google it yourself because okay, it's gonna I'm confuse excited. you baba yaga gets around this is how she travels mm-hmm. in a big flying mortar and she's the pestle like she moves around with what? the pestle <laughs> like to grind your herbs Yes, she has a pestle that she uses to, like, it's I like guess, an can, like, canoe herself while she's sitting in a big human-sized That's mortar. fucking genius. She's the guacamole. Talk- you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, she's like a little cumin seed. Um, and I, I wow. was like, I was like, that can't be right. And then I Googled <laughs> it. She's straight up in every picture sitting in a mortar, like, oaring herself with a Honestly, pestle. I kind of... That's so delightful. I love this for her. I do too. And I like to be honest, it sounds so off the wall that it reminds me of if you heard that witches fly on broomsticks from another culture where that was never mentioned, you'd probably be like, she flies around on what? Like a broom? You know, I, I feel like there'd be like a it, very similar, like a household item that you use a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's similarities there. 
No, definitely. It's like something that maybe I, I don't know enough about like Slavic cultures, but maybe they use a mortar and pestle a lot. I know I probably sound incredibly ignorant to somebody. I don't I don't just don't I mean, know maybe about back that in the aspect day it was just a, it was probably just a more commonly used tool, you know. Or everyone had one or something. Yeah, just like, yeah, just like I a broom. Um, but so it it just I read that and I was like nowhere in any of the information before this prepared me for that so like she's I'm the just, guacamole i, I, just I like, really, wasn't seeing that coming I and really so like i thought it. for sure i thought for sure our researcher like it was a typo i was like there's no way <laughs> like i thought mortar i was like motor like a motor but no she's <laughs> she in it has a little motor on her motor <laughs> i i feel like it's so delightful because if somebody said like what trans what I, magical item would you like to enlarge and travel around in i would a mortar and pestle is genius because it's a big round bowl so you can't really fall out of it you uh, can't get hurt because it's like a cast iron you so are, you're protected right, exactly you are stuck in this ceramic thing and then you have a little ore in case you want to change directions and or there's might someone... be some little ref leftover guacamole down there again you said i'm mate that's uh, what i'm I mean, thinking too and she can eat guacamole with that one yeah. tooth of hers Genius. No matter what, she can eat an avocado. She's fine. Wait a second. That might be why she has a mortar and pestle, because you grind stuff with it so she can eat it, since she only has one tooth. Look, we're piecing it together on our own, unaware of anything else. (laughs) (laughs) So she flies around, and I will say a lot of the pictures of what a mortar and pestle looked like back then, or at least the one she's riding on, they look kind of more like a flower pot or something, because it looks like she's sitting on top of it. I'm just warning before people like go Google it. It's a, supposed to be a mortar and pestle, but it it looks a little more like Can a I go pot look it that she's sitting quick? on top of. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mortar and pestle, Baba Yaga. Oh my! Oh my goodness! She is on the move. <laughs> she's on the move. So she also, if you look at the pictures, it looks like she's flying very low to the ground. Some of the pictures look like she's just riding on the ground. Yeah. Um, but. Interesting that you mentioned broom earlier because she also carries a broom on top of her pestle. Oh. She must have a tr- trunk in this fucking I thing guess to this carry all the shit. This thing is full. Like, this thing is big and full of all her stuff, like my car. Max capacity. Yeah. Uh, she, uh, yeah, exactly. Just like your car and just like my car. <laughs> she, she carries a broom around because I guess to keep herself incognito since she's so low to the ground. I mean, the mortar is cast iron. You know, she couldn't get it too high off the ground. That's but- right. It's heavyweight. Uh, whenever she moves around and pedals herself with the pestle, mm-hmm. she pestle pestle. I say pestle. Okay. Well, she also has a broom to sweep up her tracks behind her that the mortar makes. Oh, geez, that seems like a lot of work. It seems like you would walk faster than all that. And it seems like, like- imagine imagine pu- c- like propelling yourself in cast iron and <laughs> then having to like turn around, grab the broom, sweep behind you, and then keep going. And then be like, oh sorry, we've got to go back. I missed one of my tracks and I dropped my broom. Hold on. Yeah. I feel like it would be like- so not efficient, so inefficient. And also then you're going to be be- looking backwards and run into somebody with that giant cast iron mortar. Well, so he- some other versions of the story are that she doesn't actually, the mortar doesn't fly. Um she actually is driven she's sitting in it like it's a little vehicle and she is transported by demons carrying it for her so she's that i can get behind (laughs) it's like one of those uh we just looked up this word i think they used to call it like a sedan like the thing where you hold someone in the air yeah like hold the like uh the wooden plank 
sticks yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. sitting in a chair. I feel like um I feel like that's, that's her. That's what it that's what it seems like. And also like think it. of how jacked the demons are. Again, I'm I don't mean to keep repeating myself, but cast iron and a human being. Like I mean, that's you gotta be real strong to carry that over your head and walk everywhere. And then clean up your tracks afterward. That's gotta be a nightmare. Maybe that's why she's got the broom. She's trying to be helpful and she's like, Oh, I'll get you a little tootsies. You know, I'll, and I'll get like, behind you're you. You're making it harder to do our jobs. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I'm just trying to help. Yeah, relax. relax. You're welcome, by the way. Actually, don't relax because I'm going to tip over out of this mortar. I wonder, also like chicken or the egg, I wonder if because she is seen as a witch, she had to have a broom. Or I wonder if she already had a broom without like the witch trope. You know? Interesting. Also, I'm realizing the mortar and pestle uh, as a witch, like you'd probably make all sorts of little <gasps> oh my herbs God. and potions. I'm literally so fucking stupid. I landed on guacamole and just never looked elsewhere. Guacamole. Oh my god, <laughs> that is That's a spell so smart. of its own right. To be fair, my literal witch of a stepmother like ha- has a collection of mortar and pestles that she uses for her spells. It's Duh. weird. She like Duh. she has this like XL one that she puts uh, jacuzzi <laughs> water in and <laughs> floats around. <laughs> so I I guess you're finally realizing what that's all about. <laughs> It keeps it nice and hot. Joke of the week, Christine. Well done. <laughs> um, no, the totally. I'm so. I'm literally so fucking stupid. Uh, yes, obviously. So okay. So I, I would then assume that the broom is also part of the trope the of like, tro- yeah, oh. like the symbolism of witchcraft. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, demons carry her around. Blah blah blah. And just like the trope of witches back in the day, she's known to create very dangerous windstorms. Mm. So, again, she's a weather witch. Weather witches. Not only is she associated with windstorms, she's also associated with winter, frost, and destruction via snow. Mm. Um, she's linked to chaos as well as the wild, um, specifically the untamed wilderness, and that kind of, over time, led her to be associated with forests as well, and that she lives in an ancient forest. Oh, that's cool. In some stories, people have to venture deep into the dark, scary forest just to find Baba Yaga, which, why would you want to go find her? Yeah, okay. you have to go. I don't think you have to go. Yeah, if anything, I think she's encouraging you don't if it's hard to get she's to her. Like, I'm sweeping my tracks for a reason. Exactly. So I don't want to be found. Um, in other stories, she doesn't live in a dark, scary, winding forest, but just in a big, lonely field. So she's easier to find that way. But all of her stories have to do with you going into the wilderness to find her in some capacity. Okay. So here's the other thing that I had to Google because I was like, surely this is a fucking typo. Mm. But nay. <laughs> um, Baba Yaga's house is a hut raised up and sitting on a it's like it's in the air not on the ground it is sitting on a pair of chicken legs <gasps> what <laughs> like drumsticks of legs like at, giant legs? Sens- like giant chicken legs give her a goog you tell me oh okay um baba yaga baba yaba baba yaga chicken leg hut i feel like we're doxing her you know <laughs> So they are oh essentially. Oh my the... god! I mean, they're literally giant, like webbed chicken feet. It's like essentially like an architectural. It's like a stilt. They're like stilts for the house, but they're yes. chicken legs, like like giant 
chicken legs. Yes. So the legs are said to also spin the house around endlessly. I don't know if it's like because they're nightmare. working legs. Like, does the house, can the house move or are the. It's always like pecking the ground and she just gets like yeah. slammed into the front door. <laughs> She's like, I picked the wrong animal to carry my house around. <laughs> sorry. Um, I have no idea why on earth it would spin in circles. It seems like a terrible construction design. <laughs> It seems well. I, apparently, the idea is that it's very on brand for her, like disruptive, chaotic energy. I mean, that's um, fair. sure. Which, like, you would think if you're already known to be chaotic, don't then go up to people and be like, "My house is on chicken legs." Like, yeah. you've <laughs> like, okay. they already know where you stand, girl. Like, it's okay, right? And it, why are you covering your tracks when you have literal chicken tracks like leading to your house? Yeah, people. We can see the talons see in the ground. The we know where your house is. Um, we can hear you screaming because you're spinning around and around. <laughs> Such a bad. I'm like so mad about this architecturally speaking. Like it doesn't make any sense. Oh my like, god. Okay. Well, also like this? imagine the giant feathers just laying across oh, a bunch of trees. Like no, you're you know? right. This would be such a hazard. Yeah, I think somebody needs to actually sit her down and be like, the broom isn't needed anymore, girl. Like, girl. we know. <laughs> nice try, though. <laughs> um, okay, so on top of all that, her property has a fence around it made of human bones. Oh, good. Um, and skulls that, uh, depending on the story, glow from the inside. She'll, like, keep her whole property warm, I guess, by putting coal in these skulls. Okay. Um, Delightful. They have, they have, like, glowing red eyes. And some of... Some of the stories actually tell you that the skulls can talk, which is not the most ridiculous thing I've heard so far. I was going to say, well, they might as well at this point. They probably have a lot to say. Yeah, uh, like a <laughs> chicken with only its legs is still alive enough to carry an entire house. Okay. Um, But so they'll talk, and if you approach them, they will tell you to leave the area, which I it feels like the original ring doorbell. Like, it's just saying, Great please point. leave the property. They're like, you know, leave the packages at the back door, please. Um, <laughs> thank you. I can't uh, come to the that, door. The house itself, uh, in some of the stories, doesn't have any windows or entry points. So the only way to get through the door is through, like, a magical phrase. So uh, essentially an open sesame. Um. <laughs> I guess a lot of times the phrase is, this is probably like a gross mistranslation, but the general phrasing is something like, dear hut, please turn your back to the forest and your front to me. Um, in front to me. Okay. And if you stay outside of her house and you're like, oh, I'm not going to go near that. Once you're on the property, it's too late because homegirl can smell you. Oh no. Um, so she'll and she'll yell at you from her house to be like, what are you doing here? And like, if you're gonna if you're trying to see me, you're gonna have to come inside like there, you're it's too late. Oh, um, no. A lot of times once she's called you inside and has essentially acknowledged that you're there, it's already too late. And if you don't go inside, she's going to come get you and be like. Not nice about it. So <laughs> um, inside. Baba Yaga is said to usually be cooking over her stove. Uh, I don't know what this means, but sometimes she also is just lying on top of the stove. Wait, um, <laughs> girl, she it's needs giving to get like it together. plank era. Remember yeah, when everyone right, was like, planking plank on everything. Wait till so, she's, you know, she's on parkour era. She's gonna be like falling <laughs> on her face out of that stupid house. As I say, maybe her little chicken leg hut is gonna do parkour with her and just <laughs> run through the town. 
uh, she is said to be cooking on the stove or sometimes lying on top of it. Either way, <laughs> the house is so small that she can touch both sides of the hut just by extending her limbs. Oh. And uh, she's also seen by her stove um, when she's cooking. She's making a lot of food. Apparently, she eats like as much as 10 men combined. Hell yeah. And uh, Why is she she's so also gaunt? said. I know. I don't know. She's got a tapeworm or something. Because, like, oh, if she's. Perhaps. If you're eating that much and you look that frail, See that's a, a condition. Yeah, I'm worried yeah. about you. She's also said to drink, like, in a wild amount of alcohol. So, mm. good for her. Understood. One, one of the things that she's. Uh, always cooking up can you guess since this is a fairy tale is little children i knew it per the trope she most loves to eat the badly behaved children sure of course so, she will also consider eating children um that visit her and fail whatever demand she has asked of them so a lot of times the fairy tale is like you go to baba yaga because you need something but first you have to pass a test and it's always impossible to pass and then oh, she gets great. to eat you <laughs> what a delightful um, uh what a delightful little plan. This is where we deep dive into the most popular fairy tale of Baba Yaga. Um, and this is where I tell you the Russian fairy tale called Vasilisa the Beautiful. Oh, okay. Vasil you're going to realize real quick she's got like Cinderella energy. Okay. Uh, so Vasilisa's mom is dying. And before she officially dies, she gives Vasilisa a doll. And I guess it's... um like a ch an enchanted doll and tells her never let anyone know you have this doll, but this doll is to take care of you when I'm gone. If you ever need help, just ask her for it and she will help you and keep you safe. Okay. And then in the story, apparently that day, the, the mom dies later. Mm -hmm. um, trauma. Uh, so then the plot at this point turns into Cinderella all the way where Vasilisa's dad remarries. She ends up getting an evil stepmom and two evil stepsisters. Uh, wow. They are all looking to get married and Vasilisa is like the fairest of them all, but no one wants the stepsisters and that makes the stepmom pissed off. And so uh, there are a lot of times where the stepmom will try to get Vasilisa to do chores or keep her busy. So that way she's not going out. Um, and, a lot of times it would be so many chores that Vasilisa would be overwhelmed, but she always kept the doll with her. So she would ask the doll Aww. for help. And this doll would come to life and do all her chores oh, for God. her. Oh, God. Okay. I thought it was just like a symbolic thing for a minute, but no, no. <laughs> no, she's like Pinocchioing. She's I like, this This thing is just coming to life and just. I wish we had heard about like the first time she just asked it for help, thinking it was like a little symbolic <laughs> thing, and then it just like appeared into a real creature but okay think of the fear the scream the I scream mean, would have been the loudest been the like, world my, ever heard my beautiful mama gave me this little trinket and then it starts talking oh no oh my god it's such a good point i want the the origin story to I'd this like to, to this doll yeah uh so the doll that vasilisa's mom gives her helps her around the house whenever she's feeling overwhelmed a lot of times just to let her keep her youth she will, um, the doll will just be like, girl, I've got all these chores. Don't worry about it. Just go be yourself and have fun. Wait, and the doll what? will just That's not fair. do everything. <laughs> the doll would also say a lot of encouraging things when Vasilisa wasn't feeling good. Aww. And the stepmom hates Vasilisa and keeps sending her into the woods to do certain errands, hoping that she'll get lost and never return. Oh my God. 
it, that's horrible. I mean, I know the story of Cinderella, so I'm not totally shocked, but like, that's sad. Um, and some of the stories implied that it was because uh, everyone wanted to marry Vasilisa, and she wanted her s- stepdaughters right. to get all the attention. So if they got rid of her, then the stepdaughters would get married. Um, or Listen, this, you know, I've her, seen a Cinderella story. I've seen and loved a Cinderella story, so I get it. Starring Hilary Duff and mm-hmm. Chad Michael Murray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the stepmom keeps sending her out into the woods, thinking she'll get lost and never come home. But this doll is like, "Don't worry, I'm also a GPS. Turn left, turn right. <laughs> now you're home." <laughs> oh. Um, and remember, nobody knows this doll exists. So fed up with it, the stepmom decides to get rid of Vasilisa once and for all mm. by sending her to Baba Yaga to be eaten. Oh, d- great. And she, she creates this plot, this plan with her daughters. And she's like, we're going to blow out all the candles. We're going to get, we're going to snuff out the fires and the house is going to get cold. We're not going to be able to see. And we're going to need Vasilisa to go to Baba Yaga for light to bring us light. Okay. Um, so Vasilisa comes home. They're like, oh, girl, Help! you are not going to believe this. We have no light. The what craziest happened? thing just happened. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, but allegedly Baba Yaga has glowing skulls or skulls filled with coal in them. So we're going to need you to go. Easy this is literally This is literally one of the reasons they said, otherwise, me and my daughters, we can't do our needle points because we can't see. So well, I better hurry. <laughs> At haste, at once. At haste. Vasilisa's probably like, why haven't you already gone without me? Oh my god. seriously. So now it's her job. Go find Baba Yaga so her stupid sisters can embroider or something. Wonderful. Um, Vasilisa goes to Baba Yaga's hut. They're making like one of those Burbank shirts and it's like really crooked because it's so dark. (laughs) And you're like, Burbank. They're like, now only CVS will will buy these off us. Literally, I... That is the only origin story I'm going to stick with now for why my shirt's so fucked <laughs> up. Is like sewn by the e- Vas- <laughs> Val- what's her name? Vasilisa's Vasilisa. evil stepsisters. Yeah. Oh my god! Genius! Great callback! <laughs> Great callback! So um, stupid. So Vasilisa goes to the hut, or she tries to, but she's lost in the woods. And then mm. the doll goes, "Hey, hey, I, I got you. Head this way." Um. So she gets to the house with the doll. And from the hut, she's already she's she's standing outside, looking at the hut on its little chicken legs, mm. looking at the human bone fence with all the glowing skulls, and she can hear uh, she can hear Baba Yaga in the house. And like I said, once she can smell you, you're in trouble. Oh no! And all of a sudden, she hears, "I smell with my long bony nose a Russian girl with tasty toes." Oh! that's horrible now i can't confirm that that's like officially what she has said since like before the 1600s right but i can tell you in some of the current child the current children books of her that is that's what she has said wow um so uh anyway vasilisa asks for help caesar and goes listen my mom can't needlepoint you understand help me (laughs) And Baba Yaga probably rolls her eyes and says, uh, well, I will help you if you do my chores for me. And one of those chores that I'm going to need you to do is to separate all of my wheat from my wild peas. And okay. you have to do it by the time I wake up, which I guess was an impossible task. Oh, I see. So, right. Because she's going to do the impossible thing. Right. 
Some versions also say it was separate rotted corn from healthy corn, um, and you mm-hmm. have to do it while I'm sleeping, so in the dark. Gotcha. Uh, either way, Baba Yaga goes to sleep. Vasilisa's freaking the fuck out. She's like, I can't do this. And the doll says, don't worry, baby, I got you. Hey, you relax. She says, you you, you sit a spell. You take a little nap. Aww. It'll be handled. Baba Yaga wakes up, and all the wheat is separated from the peas. And she's like, I did not see this coming. And, and, How did that happen? And Vasilis is like napping. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, and you had time to go to bed. Crazy. You're my new housekeeper, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Baba Yaga is like, okay, redo. I have some shit I got to do out in town in my mortar and pestle. But here's the situation. <laughs> you I hang back. mortar and pestle in the... De- uh, What's it called? I almost called it Vaseline. Valvoline for oh, a tune-up. Valvoline, Vasilisa. Valvoline. <laughs> for a tune-up. boys. Um, <laughs> she's like, I'm going to head out for the day. I got some shit I got to do. And I will come back tonight and help you, but only if you continue all this excessive cleaning and chores that I've got set for you. And now I'm going to need you to separate all of my dirt from poppy seeds. Oh, God. Well, yeah, even I know that's going to be a quite a task. It's a big ask. Yeah. Big ask. Um, and then she says, or I'll eat you. And then she flies away in her little morning <laughs> See you, girl. Bye, Barbie. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, this little doll is a homie and separates all the poppy seeds from the dirt. And Baba Yaga gets home and sees it's all completed. And I don't know, maybe Vasilisa is taking another nap. Um, wow. Incredible. Amazed. Amazed by this, she asks Vasilisa, how on earth did you do this? And Vasilisa says, it's because of a blessing from my mother. Love that vague. I love that vague answer. (laughs) She was like, this is not my first time being asked how I do the impossible. Yep. And Baba Yaga just kind of just goes, like, last thing I want in my home is something blessed. I don't want a blessing in this house. Because she is apparently an evil witch. Remember, God forbid she's something, a blessing. So she kicks Vasilisa out. She's like, a blessing? I'd rather you survive and get the fuck out of my house. Um, So leave, please. And handed one of the skulls glowing with coals inside of it to her and said, don't come back here. So the story gets interesting where I don't know if it's some of the versions are apparently that Vasilisa didn't even want to bring the skull home at that point. But the doll ends up telling her, no, no, no. Baba Yaga has done us a favor and you need to bring the <gasps> you need to bring the skull with you. So oh, she ends up keeping the skull. Okay. And other versions I saw it kind of omitted that, but I like that part of the story where she yeah. the doll tells her to keep it because Baba Yaga's secretly done something nice. Um so Vasilisa gets home, she sees her uh mom and stepsisters and the lights are still off in the house. And so she shows them the skull that she gave them. I wonder why they the them. lights off if they thought she was going to die. Excellent point. Like, didn't you, couldn't you, the second she was out of sight, start needle pointing, you know? Like, couldn't you have left, like, a candle on upstairs and then, like, Been gone like, back to it? I think we're fine now. We're safe. We can turn the lights back on. She's getting eaten right now. Interesting point, mm. Christine. Just a thought. Well, she, she gets home and stepmom thought she was dead. Insert Miley saying, I'm back, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. I swear they're trying to kill me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're correct, actually. They're trying to kill your favorite bitch. That, I hope that's what Vasilisa said. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vasilisa shows the stepmom the glowing skull and says, I did it. Here she is. And 
When the skull is pointed at them, the skull's eyes light up, and the stepmom and sisters are set on fire and die. Oh, I knew it! (laughs) Um, Also, much later in the story, she ends up, like, becoming, like, royalty or something in in Russia. Well, of course. It wouldn't be a fairy tale otherwise. Without a Prince Charming, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, all that story to tell you that Baba Yaga, although she is dangerous and is known to eat people and be evil in some ways. She also has this weird flip side to her where she can actually help a hero out and be very nurturing, like in a way that you don't expect it. She like almost helps the underdog in a way. Yeah. So she went from as long as multiple other people die also, I guess. Yeah. She was like, Oh, three for one deal. Three for one. Yeah. (laughs) Shopping for humans is hard. But shopping for your dog is easy thanks to Bark. Every month, they deliver toys and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. At Bark, they send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's their fun plush toys from BarkBox or their ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, they give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, they'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com drink. That's right, you can sign up now at BarkBox.com slash drink for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why 4 out of 5 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So in Vasilisa's story, Baba Yaga is scary and dangerous, but also rewards Vasilisa for, you know, I don't know, her determination or like doing the impossible. Um, And it's interesting, the amount of stories I read last night about not just Baba Yaga, there are like theses about fairy tales, wow. which blows my mind. I just, I'm sure that's common for some people, but that was not in my realm of, of fun facts. Um, and a lot of people have said it's interesting that in stories that involve Baba Yaga, if the hero of the story is a girl, she's more of a donor and will actually help the girl along the way and like give her a gift or, um, will be easier on her if she can't finish the tasks. Whereas if the child is a boy, she's more of a villain and will eat the kid right Interesting. Interesting. So she's kinder to girls than boys. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Either way, she is meant to keep children in line. And she's known to be a collector of magical items, which is why in a lot of stories, when someone is on a quest, um, she gives them a test to, uh, to pass, and then she helps them with their item they need. Oh, um, nice. This is where, what I was also the theses, 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 theses that I was reading about last night. Um, 
a lot of them had some interesting stuff to say that Baba Yaga is symbolic for like complex things or complex themes of motherhood Hmm. um, where that she can be seen by some as cold and bitter, but others she's giving and nurturing. Um, She fits into the fairy tale motif of maternal cannibalism, um, which is a lot of like Hansel and Gretel and little red riding hood. And I think, I think it was the original Sleeping Beauty had like a grandmother figure eating you at some point. Probably. Um, and so it's usually a grandmother figure turned evil and is, you know, set on eating children, which the, again, I don't think people realize that there were multiple like professional papers out there and research studies yeah. about maternal cannibalism in fairy tales. It was I mean, very interesting. My mother wrote her dissertation on. Uh, German-Jewish exile literature focusing on three specific female poets. So to me, like, the more niche, Amazing. it doesn't surprise me. I feel like there's there's very, 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 very niche dissertations and theses out there. So that's, but maternal, what is it? Maternalistic cannibalism I've never even heard before. Specifically in fairy tale motifs. Wow. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, they each had a different point to make, but uh baba yaga is definitely fits the i don't know the bill for it Mm -hmm. and more than just uh mother figures uh baba yaga also represents the theme of general womanhood um so that in society there are certain expectations of who she Mm -hmm. is versus what she'll do um she like a woman is uh you know supposed to stay in the kitchen but a woman these days is also about empowerment and she's like but i'll freedom. plank in the kitchen on top of the stove <laughs> exactly so baba yaga is said to cook but she will also just like we saw with fast lisa she'll provide for people in need even Aww. if it's in a really backwards way but at the same time she seeks solitude and values her independence because she lives in the fucking woods <laughs> so she can be seen as nurturing or she can be seen, be seen as a witch depending on how the story is written i see which is very in tune with a, a lot of the uh, the f- experience of a woman. She also represents the line between life and death. And some people, like I said, link her to deities of death and birth or destruction and regeneration. Um, some modern uh, pagans have actually found associations between her and Hecate or the triple goddess. Mm. Um, and those who seek Baba Yaga as a goddess figure say that she appears as either the maiden, uh, the maiden, the mother, or the crone, which are the triple goddess, and whichever one you need in the moment, she will appear as. Oh, that's nice. So weirdly, f- I think it's it's because she was associated with like the ambiguity of motherhood that this it was easy to bring her into this kind of world of like, oh, she's uh, a strong woman, and therefore she could be seen as this goddess figure to us. Yeah, yeah. Um, by reaching out to her though. It can be very risky because you don't know who you'll get. She'll either be very nurturing or malevolent. And admirers of Baba Yaga say that she has helped them with self-acceptance because her ambiguous nature helps them honor every part of themselves, regardless Whoa, of expectations. that's really beautiful. <laughs> um, and there are apparently some rituals you can do online to contact Baba Yaga, but this is where I also give my PSA that you should only follow, like, trusted rituals by true practitioners know what they're doing summon her i don't know unless i mean you know you weigh the pros and cons guys but 
I'm not backing you on that one. I feel like we could leave her out of it. <laughs> I feel like I if don't I, trust her. <laughs> if I see a house with chicken legs anytime soon, I'm going to know one of you fucked around and one found out. One of you. <laughs> and now we're finding out. Yeah. If all of a sudden there's a mortal and pestle that almost like hits me on the just way like, down the highway. The window, you're like, did I just see that? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Anyway, that is uh, Baba Yaga. I love it, Em. That was a good story. I swear I heard that phrase and I knew probably zero of those facts. So once again, I uh, taught me a lesson. That's what I'm here for. The <laughs> utmost uh, top tier education once a week. <laughs> oh, okay. Good job, Em. I just realized I don't have my notes. Oh, wait. I have to plug, grab my laptop charger. Sorry. I left it across the room. Please stand by, we have to step away and go get wine, answer the door, we just... Alright, um, are you ready for my tale? Yeah, I was trying to think of something <laughs> witty like, to say. <laughs> you said tail, and I was like, tail, head, I was trying, heads, tails, I was, it, it didn't land. Mm. Anyway, I gave up, but I had to explain it anyway. Pretty sure I think we can all agree it landed just perfectly. <laughs> ten out of ten. I'm about to land off a cliff. I can't. I was. I felt so bad <laughs> that that, that I did. <laughs> I just wanted to um have something weird to say, and now I'm gonna think about it for the rest of the day that I couldn't keep up with you. Honestly, I believe in you, and I bet any moment now you're gonna scream something out that has to do with heads and or tails, and we're all gonna. It'll laugh. be only. It'll only be at the saddest point in your story. <laughs> You'll be like, I got it. <laughs> I went to thesaurus.com. I got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I do have a sad story for you today. Um, of course, this is the story of the Lost Boys of Bucks County. I feel like I've heard of this one. Interesting. But not the title, not anything else. I had also heard of the title and did not know about the story. So we're kind of in it together. Um, but Bucks County is in Pennsylvania. It's the fourth most populated county in the state. It's uh, home to roughly 650,000 people. And it's in Oof. eastern Pennsylvania, just north of Philadelphia. One resident described the county as the place where rural Pennsylvania meets urban Pennsylvania. And so many of the county's small towns have quite a bit of wealth um, where people are moving mm -hmm. out of the city, buying bigger houses um, with active communities, well-kept historical houses. It's obviously, uh, you know, a very old historic area. Uh, Bucks County itself has a reputation, of course, as a safe and friendly place to live. Many people move there for the well-funded schools the low crime rates it's like a very it's known as being a very family-friendly area overall many people in bucks county feel like it just has a general pleasant and secure feeling they can let their guard down they're not like um they don't feel at risk like they might in a bigger city and they feel like they know everyone know their neighbors despite being close to a place like philadelphia that is why it was so shocking when the county became the focal point of the nation in 2017 when four young men all went missing at the same time over the 4th of July holiday. Oh, okay. All four were from Bucks County, and three of them were friends. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary about them. They were all just enjoying their summers, living their normal day-to-day -day lives. 
And just for quick context, the 4th of July is a huge celebration in Bucks County because, fun fact, Bucks County is the location where George Washington famously crossed the Delaware River. Oh. Huh. Okay. And therefore turned the tides of the Revolutionary War. So it's a huge deal, 4th of July. Um, a lot of the communi- communities celebrate for a week before and after the actual date of 4th of July, hosting Dang. charity. Where I know, I'm like, I always even forget it's 4th of July till the actual day, and I start hearing banging noises outside. Yeah. But they take it very seriously. They host charity runs, parades, cookouts, historical reenactments, craft shows, the whole nine yards. Many people were still in the midst of festivities on Saturday, July 8th, when two parents called the police in Middletown to report a missing person. By the time they called at 6 p.m., they had not heard from their son in nearly 24 hours. Hmm. Their son was 19-year-old Dean Finocaro, and he was described by friends and family as fearless, adventurous, and loyal with a big heart. He was a free spirit who loved fishing and sports, and he was also a daredevil. In an interview, his dad fondly said, quote, he had more balls than brains. He kept me on my toes. So everything Dean did, he wanted to push to the limit. He loved riding dirt bikes. He loved cliff diving. Uh, He just had a natural hunger for adventure. He'd gotten in trouble for some kind of crazy, uh, like, off-roading and things that teenagers do out in the country but overall he had a big heart his favorite saying was the bob marley quote love the life you live and live the life you love Hmm. he was a very genuine caring person he was very close with his parents and his father described his hugs as so heartfelt oh i know that one got me at 6:30 p.m. the night before dean told his dad he was going somewhere but he'd be back in 15 minutes When an hour went by with no sign of Dean, his dad tried texting and calling him, but Dean never responded, and the calls went straight to voicemail as if the phone had been turned off. Dean was an adult because he was 19, but his parents were still worried because Dean always stayed in contact with them, and if he said he would be home in 15 minutes, he usually was, or he'd let them know why he was delayed. Dean's dad said in an interview, he told us everything, even things we didn't want to know. So... They felt like he wouldn't be hiding something from them. They felt like something was actually wrong. Mm. If his phone died while he was out, he would always contact his parents on a friend's phone so they knew how to get a hold of him. So they knew something was terribly wrong. And when he didn't come home that night, his parents started reaching out to his friends, but none of them had seen him either. The police spoke to the parents' neighbors who had security cameras outside, and the cameras had recorded a silver pickup truck driving down the road at the time Dean left his home. Neighbors confirmed they saw Dean get into this truck, which his friends said belonged to 20-year-old Cosmo DiNardo, who lived about 15 minutes away. Dean's friends also admitted to police that they knew Dean was actually leaving that night to buy weed. That's where he was going in, on that like quick trip mm. out of his parents' house. But his friends also said that he never came back or answered any of their calls. His friends all tried reaching out to Cosmo uh, on Snapchat, and he didn't give them any information. Okay. Before Dean's cell phone was turned off, it had pinged a tower 20 miles away in Solbury, Pennsylvania, where there were two properties 
under the name Denardo. Hmm. Oh. Suspicious. Hmm. Late that night, a Middletown officer drove to Solbury, where she met with a local officer, and they headed to one of the properties. And this was a farm owned by the DiNardo family, so Cosmo's parents. The local officer was relaxed. He thought, oh, well, we're just going to go on this property, take a look around, and we'll probably just find all these fine Dean hanging around smoking weed and just, like, forgot right. to tell his parents, right? But. When they arrived at the property, it was eerie and it was quiet. There were no lights on. The house looked like nobody had lived in it for years. And it was too dark to really look for anything. So the officers left. But interestingly enough, this is like a trust your gut moment. On the way back to the station, the officer had a bad feeling and was like, I should have looked inside that shed. Mm. And so he turned around and he drove back by himself. And he's like, I'm going <gasps> to open that fucking shed. So he got back and he found the shed. It was open. He didn't have a warrant, so he couldn't like open the door and go inside. Um, but he could shine his flashlight in to see if he spotted anything. And sure. when he did, he noticed a car that looked like it had recently been driven into the shed. Uh, I mean, not into like the side of it, like inside. Right, it. right. <laughs> like in without the... without any destruction, drove without... into an open door. <laughs> Correct. Thank you. More like a garage, I suppose, is a better way to say it. Pulled into the barn. <laughs> Pulled into the barn recently. Thank you so much. Uh, there was no driveway, and there were fresh tire tracks in the grass leading to the shed. And so he called the plates in to see whose car this was. Turns out it was registered to a young man named Thomas Mayo, who lived nearby in a town called Plumstead. Cameras had captured Tom Mayo's car driving in town about a mile away from the farm on Friday night just before 8 p.m., which was about an hour and a half after Dean left home the same night. So a, an officer called back on the radio uh, saying, hang on, did you say Thomas Mayo? That's the car you found? He said, yeah, I guess so. And they said, his mother called earlier today to report him missing. <gasps> so now... Ooh. There's two boys missing. Interesting. She reported that he had been missing for 24 hours after disappearing with his good friend, Mark Sturgis. Both boys were friends with Dean. 22-year-old Mark was a talented guitar player and overall musician with skill and a good ear. He was even teaching his friend Tom how to play guitar. He was also a loving older brother who spent time with his little sister and a loyal friend who went by the nickname Alpaca among people close to him. This is Thomas Mayo? Uh, this is Mark. Sorry. I know it's Mark. I meant Mark. to warn okay. you at the beginning. It's a lot of people. So Dean is the first person we talked about who was whose parents called in, said he was missing, but he was known, and I haven't really added this, but I should point it out, that he was known to police already because he was kind of a daredevil. Like I said, he had done some like right, off-roading right. stuff. There was a clip of him literally standing like on a motorbike on the highway. Like, I mean, he was... Oh my god. A daredevil. And so police kind of already knew who he was and his parents were really frustrated because the police kept saying like, "Oh, well, you know, you know him. He's probably just causing trouble." And his parents were like, "No, we do know him and something's wrong." So they had mm. trouble getting the police to take them seriously. Um but so Dean was the first one I mentioned, then the police officer looking for Dean found uh a car belonging to Thomas Mayo, who was reported missing that same day mm -hmm. and ha 
Thomas Mayo had been out and about with his friend Mark, who also had never come home. So now we have three young boys, and they're not kid. They're you know they're early twenties or late teens, so they're technically adults, but in the eyes of their family, they're still kids. You know. Mm -hmm. So one friend described Mark as having so much energy, being so outgoing. He had a lot of friends, just a really smart kid who cared about everybody. Now he was missing with Tom, and Tom's car has been found recently moved into a shed on Cosmo DiNardo's property. Tom's mom could not get through to him or Mark, and both of their phones sent calls straight to voicemail as if their phones were off. The morning after she last heard from them, she looked for them at work, where Mark's dad employed both of them. So they worked together at Mark's dad's company. And he said he hadn't heard from either of them either. And they were not, by the way, the type to miss work. Like, this was just totally uh, unusual. 21-year-old Thomas Mayo, whose car was found in the shed, was a confident and unapologetic guy who people said you could always count on to be himself. He never seemed ashamed to have fun and lead the way, and he was the kind of person who gave other people the confidence to like be bold and be themselves. He was an athlete in high school and a hard worker after he graduated. He really cared about his friends and family. His girlfriend said he was thoughtful, patient, and understanding. He wanted nothing more than for those he loved to be happy, is how she described him. Mm. Like Dean, Tom also kept in touch with his mom and would never run off without telling her where he was going. He was also diabetic, and he relied daily on oh, insulin shit. Yeah, to live. So he could not go anywhere without planning around the medication. So this was like extra concerning for his parents. Tom's mom thought they must have ditched work, which wasn't like them at all. But she was like, well, what else could it be? You know, and the fact that they're both missing together is very strange. Uh, maybe they just decided to play hooky. But she thought, well, you know what? They'll come home with a funny story to explain it. And uh, that'll that'll answer all my questions. Unfortunately, of course, they never showed up and none of their friends could admit to seeing them. Mm. investigators discovered that tom's and mark's phones had happened to ping the same cell tower as dean's just before they were turned off okay was it the same one next that was near cosmos farm ding 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 all three of the boys phones were turned off at about the same time and they were all turned off within three miles of cosmos family farm interesting and i think it's it's also I don't know what this means or if it means anything, but the fact that people remember Dean getting in the car with Cosmo, I wonder if that means, but, but mm. Thomas drove there. Yes. So I, there's like if different stories going on. So I wonder if there was some sort of conversation of like, all four of us will hang out. I'll pick up Dean on the way. But also. Em, you're so smart. You're such an investigative mind. It's also weird to like that Dean would have lied. And said, I'll only be gone for 15 minutes. He had to have thought it was really only going to take 15 minutes. He right. really had, it would have been like, let, hey, I got some weed. Let's all just like split it up or something. And then I'll take you home. Like something quick. You are seriously. Oh, it. sorry. No, in the Ooh. best way. No, yeah. Li listen, I don't even want to say If you go anymore. missing, you want me in your corner, folks. Apparently I'm I do. Um, <laughs> yes, please. Uh, wow. So you're nailing it. I think it. Uh, Listen, don't take this the wrong way. I mean it in the best way possible. But it strikes me that you would have 
a really good intuition about what teenagers are up to. <laughs> like, shut like, up! Oh no, my god, I'm serious. I mean, in a it's, good way though. Like, you're like, it's because I wear the high school shirts. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right, your literally your persona is showing. But I feel like it's true though, because because you, I don't know. There's something where you're like, oh, I know what teenagers are doing. Like, I know what they're up to. Like, you, I don't know. You just. I just feel me like well i i did do a lot of teenage scheming yes, so maybe that's why i feel like like the driving around like you know i feel like you kind of i intuitively all, know everyone in my group sorry mom everyone in our group lied to our parents all the time about where we were so it's <laughs> god it's just it's it's an easy it's an obvious one to me now like, you oh, can't because well. everyone has gps lol i truly do you ever think about how much bullshit well maybe not you because i know you were more of a goody two-shoes than me but <laughs> the the amount of shit i got away with because there wasn't find my friends oh god. Uh, like kids these days have no idea what they could have you been could literally of. say i'll be home by midnight i'm going to my friends and then do anything and like they and would didn't never even... know and like we had self like we had cell phones, but the cell phone culture was not what it is today, where like you're expected to always have your phone. No, like I no. had a phone in my pocket for phone calls, but you couldn't even text people. Like you had to like you only got like a hundred texts a month or something. And yeah. after that so like like either your phone was something you used to call or you weren't using your phone. And it was just so easy to just be like, Oh, well, I'm at Deirdre's. You which go off often the grid. was you, your parents just had a trust where you were which like i i did a really good job of checking in with my mom like every like i would be like i'm alive and then i like maybe wouldn't tell her where i was but i'd say i'm alive you know and i'm fine yeah um, yeah exactly and i feel like that's what these parents were hoping for because like they knew their kids were adults they were like you know we don't know what they're up to and they've gotten like dean had gotten into trouble with the law before like this is they're not like expecting their kids are all just like crocheting together. But at the same time, they're like, you know, 24 hours later, my son would have told me because he knows how worried I'd be. Like he would have told me he's alive or like he would have said, oh, I got caught up in something and I'm I won't be home tonight. Like he would have told them, you know, like how right, you said right. you would check in. So that's definitely the same vibe that I'm getting here um, that they they're like okay we we had a little bit of leeway to give them but now that several days have passed like that's not normal mm -hmm. so basically i think last thing we said was that uh they found that all three ping all three boys phones pinged the tower within three miles of cosmos farm uh right before all three phones were turned off so they decide next to run the plates on Cosmo's truck. And the Friday night that Tom, Mark, and Dean went missing, they found out Cosmo's truck drove by the same camera that Tom's car passed, but 15 seconds earlier. So basically, like how you were kind of putting together the pieces of how everybody got together, it looked like Tom was following Cosmo on the way back right. to the farm. So it was or just like, like or just like weirdly on the same route at the exact same time or on the same route. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it appeared as though he was following him uh, to his property. So word started spreading about the missing young men. Of course, uh, the police made a press release and people across the county started speculating on where these three boys could be. Um, of course, the news spread. This is 2017, so spread on social media where people tried to put things together and piece together who saw which of the boys when. 
The boy's friends and family were also posting on social media themselves, asking if anyone had seen their kids or noticed anything. And, you know, obviously it seemed like all three disappearance had to be connected. Um, it was like, were they each targeted separately or were all three brought together and then targeted? Um, mm-hmm. Was there another party on the loose who was dangerous? And, you know, those were the big questions to be answered. So investigators reached out to other Buck County municipalities to see if they could point a finger in any direction and if any other missing persons cases matched up um, so that they could add them to the list. And they waited to hear back. Meanwhile, an officer went to Cosmo's family house in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. And there, Cosmo's mom answered the door and said, oh, he's at work, and I'll have him reach out to you when he gets home. And basically, Mm -hmm. like, kicked him out. So instead, the next day, Cosmo's attorney contacted the police uh, and said, you can come meet with Cosmo and his dad at my office. So (laughs) Cosmo was waiting there. Police came by to meet him and his attorney and his dad. He seemed relaxed and confident. He said, yeah, I picked up Dean after work, but when Dean said he wanted to run an errand, I didn't feel like going, so I dropped him off back at home, and then I went fishing. Huh. Strange. Okay. He said he had not been to the farm in Solbury, and that his, his own farm, and that he did not know Tom or Mark. He's like, I don't so know those guys. Just lying, lying, lying. Just flat out lying without a care in the world. So on July 9th, investigators were made aware of a fourth missing person, a boy named Jimmy Patrick. He had disappeared two days before the other three boys. Mm. 19-year-old Jim Taro Patrick was a dedicated student who had just finished his freshman year as a business major at Loyola University, Maryland, where he was attending on a full scholarship. He was spending his summer vacation working at a restaurant and living with his grandparents who had actually raised him from birth. So his grandmother had brought him home from the hospital when he was just a day old. Um, She actually had not been expecting to raise him because his mother or her daughter was struggling with some severe mental health issues. So she ended up having to raise him as a son. And she actually, uh, I believe the quote was, he became my son. And uh, she was in her 50s, had a full-time job, and now she and her husband were suddenly, like, raising a a baby um, as their own. So, you know, they at first brought him home totally unprepared. They had no diapers, no bottles, no baby clothes. Um, And so the entire neighborhood showed up with gifts and supplies and helped. It was like a... Uh, a village, you know, it takes a village sort of. Yeah, vibe, that's nice. Which is really sweet. So Jimmy was beloved by his grandparents. They considered him a son. Uh, he was a talented baseball player. His community loved him. He was pretty popular and liked to party a bit. And at 6 p.m. on July 5th, he had left to go eat out with friends at Chick-fil-A. And he was supposed to be home by 8, but he didn't show. So his grandparents reported him missing the next morning, um, but they were like, you got to wait for 24 hours to pass. And they were like, okay. So they waited for 24 hours to pass. And at 6 p.m. the following day, once he had been missing for 24 hours, they put together a missing persons report. Mm. The whole community came together. People were putting yellow ribbons on their mailboxes. They brought the grandparents food. And keep in mind, this is two days before the other two even went missing. 
that he disappeared. So this is like before they're realizing how massive a situation this this is. Yeah. Yeah. The last time his phone pinged a tower before it was turned off, it was in Solbury near Uh Cosmo's farm. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Like the other three boys, Jimmy was also friends with Cosmo DiNardo on social media. So although he wasn't friends with uh, Tom, Mark, and Dean, he did know Cosmo. He still knew him. yeah, Yeah. Cosmo was the kind of link between all the three all fully four, the sorry. common denominator between yes, all these people precisely investigators worried that perhaps his disappearance was linked to the other three because at first it wasn't investigated together because a it happened at a different time and b he didn't appear to know the other three boys but when they realized like this is all connected they started getting pretty worried so July 9th, investigators all turned their attention to the Donardo's farm. Investigators knew that Dean had intended to buy weed because remember his friends had said, oh, like they had finally admitted, yeah, we knew he was off to buy weed. That's where he was going. He, you know, mm-hmm. he said he'd be back in 15 minutes. That's where he was headed. And it seemed unlikely that Cosmo actually did not know Tom. As you said, he's probably lying through his teeth, um, especially considering the video footage they had of tom's car following cosmo to the farm so they're like okay well you clearly knew him to a certain extent Mm -hmm. so they're thinking maybe cosmo was letting like the three guys hang out or camp on his family's farm and smoke weed together like literally what you suggested like maybe he offered to everybody get together share some weed uh and so the edges of this farm were pretty wooded like maybe they were camping uh maybe they got lost or injured out in the woods you know there's so many possibilities but of course they end up back at this fucking shed and tom's car which was still in the garage had the keys and the title of the vehicle removed and they were like Mm. rested against the wall of the shed and they were like, that's Ew. really odd. Like, why? Ugh. Like, why would somebody? It feels t- like a trophy or something. Doesn't it feel weird? So they were like, that's strange. Like, if he brought it here of his own accord, why would he take the title out of the glove box and, like, prop it up on the wall with the keys? It's, it's like. The title's like the, like the scariest thing to remove from your car. Isn't that like, weird? That's... Like, you don't do that. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's not something you just leave in a random barn to get destroyed. That yes. is like that is hard to replace. I mean, to be honest, that's something you don't take out ever unless you need to. Like, it's not something you like think to take out of the glove box. You know? No. Like, even when you get pulled over, you pull out the registration. Well, I pull out. Yeah, not the title. I panic, but um, sure, sure, you're not intended to pull out the title of your car. So that was very bizarre and a little creepy and unsettling. And what's probably even worse is that in the back seat they found Tom's medication and his monitoring kit for his diabetes. He's, so he's not he's not with us anymore. He like. either was incredibly ill or it just in I mean basically in imminent danger. Yeah, like he's he's if he's alive it's not he's good. He's in trouble. Yeah. Knowing Tom was in imminent peril, police did not need a warrant. So I mean that's the only quote unquote silver lining is that because they could say hey, his life is for sure in danger, uh, they did not need a warrant to launch a search and rescue operation. So they searched the huge 70-acre farm on foot with dogs, and they used a helicopter to sweep the farm from above until dark. They found a random sneaker that had recently dropped behind the house, and they found Dean's cell phone. 
Now, his Mm. cell phone had been abandoned in an old historic barn on the property. And when they went to look inside the barn, they also found pools of blood on the first (gasps) floor. And they noticed that this blood was dripping from the (gasps) floor above through the cracks of wood. Oh, my God. And so they go upstairs. Whoever had to do this, I mean, dear Lord, uh, go upstairs to investigate what's up there. They find a pile of sand, which has been used to cover a huge amount of blood, uh, presumably to soak up the blood. Right. And with the amount of blood that they found, uh, they determined someone had to be seriously injured uh, for this much blood to be. Like not alive. Like not alive, probably. Yeah. So they sent a sample to the lab, and a lab result came back, and it was a match to Dean. So this was his mm. blood. So things are not looking good. And they're now starting to realize this is more than a missing persons case, probably a homicide case. So the NOVA, NOVA, which is the Network of Victim Assistance, arrived in person to support the families of the four missing boys while the search continued. Um, Their role was to answer the family's questions, to keep the media away from the families. I do like that this exists, like a protective force for the families while the investigators are doing their work, because I imagine it would be very overwhelming to have, like, cameras in your face and media. And so it'd be nice to have, like, somebody in your corner. Yeah. So more police departments began to get involved, and the FBI even sent resources the police searched the DiNardo residence in Ben Salem where they found guns. And although they didn't suspect the gun's use in any crime, they did arrest him on charges for reckless handling of a firearm. So he, they were able to arrest him on that charge, bring him in, and his bail was set at $1 million. Mm. Eventually, investigators focused their attention on a spot by a cornfield where gravel had been recently laid down. And there were still tire tracks leading to and from it. And when they moved the gravel aside, they could tell that the earth had been recently disturbed. So it is looking like a fresh grave, essentially. Oh, my God. So now they know where to dig. And before they dig, they cover the site with tents and canopies to protect the investigation from the news helicopters. Each bucket of soil they removed, they had to sift through for evidence. Uh, They frequently uncovered fresh grass, like clumps of grass, ears of corn, um, basically showing that this had been recently buried. Local businesses and residents continually delivered food to the dig site to support the investigators and the families who, by the way, just had to like sit there for hours and wait. Like they couldn't touch anything. They couldn't go closer. They just had to watch and wait as the, as they like slowly one bucket at a time dug through the dirt. I can't, I mean, unfathomable. It's a, to even know, like, even if they find something, there's that moment of, like, not please good. don't be my kid. Please yeah, don't be my exactly. Kid. It's like, you want answers. It's that, it's that thing you see, that push and pull where it's you want answers, but at the same time, you kind of don't because they're probably yeah, going to like, be I'm, bad. Like, just praying they don't find anything, but also that doesn't help because where's your kid? Exactly. Then it's square one again. It's like a, a limbo, like a like a purgatory almost. So they're stuck there, and um, thankfully there's at least a community to deliver food and, you know, try to take care of them the best they can. Finally, on July 12th, investigators had reached 12 feet deep into the dig site when their shovels hit a metal oil tank. What? 
I didn't expect that. Okay. Yeah. And so they hear this clank and they're able to uncover this big metal oil tank, which the Donardos had actually converted to a pig roaster. So at least the Donardos are like, what the fuck is that doing? All the yeah, wait a second. <laughs> and uh, let me guess, it can hold a pig so it can hold a body. Mm, interesting. So they use a camera to look inside the tank and inside the tank, they see a boot that belonged to one of the missing boys. <gasps> yeah. So in the meantime, Cosmo's family had managed to come up with $100,000 in bail and Cosmo was released from jail. Then his friends start coming forward to investigators and they're like, we actually have something to tell you. One friend said that Cosmo had recently offered him a Nissan Maxima for $500. Guess what kind of mm. car Tom had in the shed of Nissan Cosmo's Maxima. farm? A fucking Nissan Maxima. So basically he's trying to get rid of this fucking car. So they use that information to arrest Cosmo again but this time for stealing tom's car and this time they set the bail at five million cash so they're like Damn. you're not getting out this time yeah nice try nice try after more arduous digging investigators removed the huge pig roaster from the ground underneath was a blue tarp and they uncovered dean's body tom was buried immediately underneath him afterward mm. they recovered mark's remains but jimmy was nowhere to be found so okay. three of the family's questions had been answered in the most tragic way on july like 13th how, sorry I was go ahead. Say, do I, i'm i'm sure you'll cover it later i was gonna say how did they die but oh yes I'm, you will find out yeah i feel like okay. the story like it definitely has answers like we know who did it and what happened but the big question like why, why? <laughs> is never yeah. really answered which is very overwhelming and Okay. I don't know. Frustrating. Thank you for the warning. I know. I know. But we do I was hoping for it. figure out how they passed away and all that. Um, okay. So on July 13th, and they, they found three of the boys. And on July 13th, the district attorney made a deal with Cosmo DiNardo. They said, if you tell investigators what happened and where to find Jimmy's body, you will not face the death penalty. So he took Whoa. the deal. Okay. They also brought in Cosmo's cousin. His name is Sean Kratz. He was 20 years old, and Cosmo had basically pointed at him as his accomplice. Mm. So they bring Sean in as well. And it's very unsettling to listen to the interviews with police because Cosmo is very casual. Uh, he, he's almost bragging about what happened. Or, or like, as if he's just telling a funny story. Like, it just doesn't seem like it really like, resonates. Total no empathy. Like, no empathy or no even, like, realizing how big of a deal this is. Um, okay. So, yeah, he's talking in this kind of matter-of-fact tone. Uh, and he used an aerial photo to show investigators where Jimmy was buried. And he told investigators what happened. He said on July 5th, when uh, Jimmy told his parents, like, I'm just going to run out to Chick-fil-A to meet my friends. He drove Jimmy out to his parents' farm to sell him weed. So he had told his friends, hey, I'm going to go buy some weed. So that part was true. And apparently, Jimmy was short on the cash he was supposed to bring as payment. So in a calm and casual tone, Cosmo told investigators, so I look at him like, yo, bud, what? Ha ha, he he, this is not a joke. And he apparently had brought $800 in cash 
and not $8,000 in cash. So Cosmo said, we get out of the truck and I shoot him. I go get the backhoe, dig a hole, say a prayer, and put him in the hole. And they're like, it was that easy for him. It was just black and white. It wasn't even like, oh, not enough. Come back tomorrow or something. But let me tell you this part, which is almost more disturbing or adds to the disturbing. He never had any weed to sell them. (gasps) So no matter what, he was, he just wanted to rob them. He just wanted to kill him. Yeah, that's true. Because 800 wasn't enough to rob him. Like, yeah, he. Wow. And so they still are kind of like, what the fuck? Like, why? And two days later, Dean, Tom and Mark basically met the same fate. So even though those three and Jimmy didn't know each other, they basically had the same situation. He was just the early practice. Selecting from his pool of friends. Mm -hmm. Yes. Whether or not they knew each other. He was like, well, this person needs weed. This person wants weed. Exactly. So at first he got Jimmy and then what, what their parents, what Jimmy's grandparents suggested, what his grandma mentioned um, was perhaps Cosmo had killed him and then had like a, got a rush of it from it or, felt like mm-hmm. oh i can do this again you know and so that that's the only real explanation as to why after jimmy he did it to three more people and so quickly like that's really weird because yeah. if like it'd be one thing not i mean you know what i mean by this but do. it'd be one thing if you're if you kill a person and then like have some sort of itch you need to scratch again in a couple weeks or something after that rush dies off but to kill one person and then Basically, a weekend later, be like, I, later. I need yeah. three. I need to do this three more times at once. Like, yeah, at like, talk once. about escalating. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So this is essentially as much information as they could get. Um, they did get some details about the murders themselves. Uh, so Cosmo shot Mark multiple times, but Mark was still alive and now paralyzed mm. after he was shot multiple <gasps> times. And oh my god. Cosmo had run out of ammo. <gasps> oh my god. I know. So he said that Mark was kind of laying there and saying, like, I can't move my legs. And Cosmo went and got the backhoe and just drove over him. <gasps> oh my god. Yeah. And just was like, okay, that's done. To know the last thing he saw, he couldn't move. He just saw the car coming at him. Yeah. <clears throat> it's horrible oh my god it's like so fucking dark and again like as he's describing this to investigators he sounds totally at ease um there's no remorse it's like he's telling like a funny story fucking over sick. a beer yeah and and they're like as if he's trying to impress them you know and so cosmo took credit for the murder of jimmy tom and mark but he insisted that his cousin sean killed dean in the barn with all the blood you know So Sean did admit to Dean's murder. He got the same plea deal and uh, he was also able to stay off death row. So Sean killed Dean in the barn. And then only hours later, Cosmo brought Tom and Mark to the property to kill them too. So all four young men were lured to the farm under the pretense of buying weed. um, But still there was no real motive for why these four boys were killed. Uh, The crimes didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Um, Mm. But, you know, Cosmo admitted to them, and so did Sean. So Cosmo was sentenced to four consecutive life sentences with no opportunity of parole, and Sean was sentenced to life in prison. So this year, uh, in 2023, 
The victims' families settled wrongful death lawsuits that they had filed against the DiNardo family. And according to the DiNardos, Cosmo had been a model student, a perfect son, until 2016 when he began struggling with some serious mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a couple diagnoses. I don't necessarily want to get into them. Our our researcher made a great point that like um, it might lead to or contribute to harmful stigmas to like list out sure what he was suffering from but just know that that's a big part of um their defense so he had become obsessed with mexican drug cartels and the methods with which they disposed of bodies so he was almost like fixated on that so Um, it's like he was testing them out or something yeah exactly he was like researching them before the death so it was almost like the weed thing was just a ploy to like kill them and then like dispose of their bodies to yeah try it out um despite having previous issues with handling firearms though cosmo's parents continually gave him access to guns atvs farm equipment and their vacant property so one of the lawsuits claimed cosmo's parents provided him a playland for illegal acts which Mm. is fair i mean if he's struggling seriously with mental health issues has gotten in trouble for guns and they're just like letting him roam free with weapons and you know it's probably not the best move in the end the residents of bucks county felt a sort of sense of relief um after the four disappearances uh because the culprits had been caught so quickly and charged and went straight to prison um no one had to worry that there was somebody still on the loose you know hunting for the next victim And their hope is that eventually Bucks County might feel safe again. But, of course, the families of the four victims couldn't just move on, you know. Um, Dean's father said losing his son left a hole in his heart. All four boys were loved by so many people, and their absence in so many lives will never go away. Loyola University Maryland started a scholarship in Jimmy's name to honor his academic passion, honor his memory, And the friends and families of all four young men continually speak on how wonderful, loving, and kind they were. As an Mm. example, Tom's girlfriend said that the day he died, she had visited him at work, where they got in a conversation with his coworkers about the things that make him happy. According to her, Tom confidently said, money doesn't make me happy, my family and friends do. In the media, they've become known as the Lost Boys of Bucks County. And that is the story from 2017. Oh my gosh. Wow. It's a wild Sick. one. It is. Yeah. That's it's really, it's really just sad. so tragic. And it's like that feeling of for what, you know, like, yeah, just, it wasn't even, it was just for f- the fun of it. Snuffed like, out just four to, lives. Like for what, you know, it's yeah. It's so fucking ruined tragic. four families. Yeah. Like, oh my and God. It, like the, I think it was just especially sad too, to see Jimmy's grandparents, um, who raised him talk about him and say like his grandfather was saying you know we always expected him to take care of us when we we're older yeah you know and now yeah. he's just wiped off the face of the earth just gone um oh so just really really tragic and uh i mean thankfully it was solved i guess but yeah at least they they know what happened but yeah. like almost it's that double-edged sort of like you want to know what happened but you don't want to know what happened but you don't want that to that to have been it yeah it's like oh my god yeah so are you excited for our ghost ghost hunt after this to distract yeah i definitely need a distraction thank you uh (laughs) 
yeah, maybe for the best that we have this these after hours, because then at least I don't leave the rest. I don't live the rest of the day feeling like such trash. I know uh, it's a nice distraction for all of us. Uh, yeah, especially well, all of us if you pay us money for Patreon, I guess. I guess uh, so. For the rest of you, go. Uh, Go smell away. flower. No. <laughs> go away. <laughs> go smell no, a go flower. S- go have a sip of water or coffee. Yeah, drink some water. Uh, this is your reminder, your weekly reminder to drink some water. Your weekly reminder, yeah. I wish I could give you a reminder more a often, daily but reminder. This, this is your weekly reminder. Re- replay this every day until we record another episode so you have That's, a daily reminder. I don't think you need to listen to that story every day for a week, but... um. Just this, just like this one oh, just minute this clip. clip. Okay. Yeah. Well, until then, drink your water. See you over at Patreon. See you next week. And that's why we drink. This is a message for anyone with high LDLC or bad cholesterol who has had or is at risk of having a cardiovascular adverse event. Merck is studying an investigational medication to see whether it may help lower the risk of future cardiovascular adverse events. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death worldwide, and in the United States alone, there are over 73 million people living with high LDLC. To learn about whether you may qualify, visit CoralReefStudies.com now. Again, that is C-O-R-A-L-R-E-E-F-S-T-U-D-I-E-S.com.